How's everybody doing? Welcome. We'll go ahead and get started. And Isaiah chapter number 45, starting with verse 14. And this is what the Lord says. The prophet of Egypt and the revenue of Ethiopia, along with the Sabaeans and those that tell men, will be brought to you and become yours. They will walk behind you, coming along in chains. They will bow down to you and pray and say to you, truly God is with you. He has no peer. There is no other God. Yes, you are the God who keeps hidden. O oh God of Israel, you're our deliverer. They will be ashamed and be embarrassed, and those who fashion idols will be humiliated. great deliverance is coming on Israel and the people of God will be delivered and listen listen to the word of the Lord for you never will be ashamed or humiliated this is what the Lord says the one who created the sky he is the true God he is the one who formed the earth he made it and he established it he did not create it without order made the earth to be inhabited the Lord says I am the Lord and I have no peer I have not spoken in secret in some hidden place I did not tell Jacob's descendants tell the descendants of Jacob's to seek me in vain we're not seeking the Lord in vain here it's not about vanity but it's not about a sense of hopelessness either this is the great promise of the Father that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh in this last hour great glory of the Lord is coming. I am the Lord. I'm the one who speaks honestly. And when I make announcements, they are reliable. We say together, together, God says this because the Lord is saying this even throughout this nation and the nations of this world, gather together and come. Approach together, you refugees from the nation. Those who carry wood and idols know nothing and they pray to a God that cannot deliver. Tell me, present the evidence and let them consult with another who has predicted this in the past and who has announced it beforehand. Was it not I, the Lord? I have no peer. 
There is no God but me, a God who vindicates and delivers. And there is none but me. Turn to me so that you may be delivered. All you who live in the earth's remote regions. For I am God and I have no peer. I solemnly make this oath. And what I say is true and reliable. Surely every knee will bow down to the Lord. And every tongue will solemnly affirm. They will say about me, says the Lord. The Lord is the powerful deliverer. All who are angry at him will cower before him. For all the descendants of Israel will be vindicated by the Lord. And we will make our boast in you, Lord. We make our boast in you, Lord. We say you are our deliverer, and you're the deliverer for this great end-time remnant and end-time family. Oh, Lord, we honor you this morning. We bless your name. We give you praise. We give you. Oh, we extol you. We thank you. We bless you. Oh, you're good. Your mercy endures forever. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Honor in the nations that we would honor you and bless your name. We bless your name, Lord.
because of what our big brother bought. Come on, let's go up, see our God. Wash your hands, wash your hands and accept his blood. Come on, let's go out. Come on, let's go out. Come on, let's go out. Come on, let's go out and see our God. He's waiting. Come on. 
come, can come and be baptized in this blood. Just come. There's nothing too small, nothing too great to come, to come and plunge into the blood of God, the blood of Jesus, the life-giving blood. Come and accept all he's done. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Listen. Listen. Right now, even now, the Lord says, I am standing at the door and knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. Lord, we give you permission. Yes, come. We release permission. You have to do this yourself. Yes, you do. Oh, he's a gentleman. You got to say, I want you to come in, Lord. Oh, I want you more than life itself. I'm knocking, says the Lord. I want to come and make my home with you. I want to share a meal together with you today. And you with me. We open up to you, Lord. No distractions, Lord. Just you, Lord. We want you, Lord. We want you more than life itself. Oh, open up the door of our heart. Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. Oh, you'll feel the release of the Lord. you, Lord, to come in. Have your way with us. Well, we're clean through the words that have been spoken to us. For your words sent and healed them. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your healing. your healing touch in this room, Jesus. Yeah. I'll release healing. Every physical infirmity, Lord, it has to bow the knee to you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. 
Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. of persistent physical issues in your body. I want you to come and stand right here at the front. Persistent sickness or issues in your physical body that are giving you a problem. Come stand right here. You Stuff that's been bothering you. The Lord wants to release healing over you this morning. Any, any problem. And if, if you're led by the Spirit of the Lord, I want you to come lay hands on anyone that's standing right here across the front, we're going to pray for their healing. Yes. Yes, release healing, Lord. Release healing, Jesus. Stay here with the Lord. Oh. Release healing, Jesus. Keep praying. Pray. 
fears, all my insecurities, all my worry, all my anxiousness. I bow down to you, you and you alone, God. You can have it all, you can have it all, you can have it all. You can have it all, you can have it all. Come and take me, come and take me, come and restore me, come and make me whole, come and make me whole. According to the promise you've given me, according to the word of the Father, according to the word of the Son, according to the word of the Holy Spirit, come and take me. Come and take me, come and take me, oh, an altar and a sacrifice of praise. Lord, we need the wisdom. the mind. We need the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We need counsel. Listen, listen, look to your left. Look at the, the menorah. Look at the seven spirits of God. Let us partake. We partake of your light, the glorious light of your spirit. Give attention. in the inner court. Some of you need nourishment in this room. Go to your right. Go to the table of shoe bread. Eat from his word. I'll have food that you know not of. I have meat that you know not of. I, I want to satisfy you, says the Lord. I want to nurse you, says the Lord. the earth. 
water he restores my strength and he leads me down the right path for the sake of his reputation and even when I even when I and even when I and even when you 
must walk through the darkest valley. Oh, listen to the word of the Lord. Stephen's been singing it. I will fear no danger because in my heart I will take courage. My strength is in the Lord. My joy is in the strength. Oh, my strength is in your joy, Lord. You're ever vessel light oh, the darkest valley and even the darkness is as light to you you're shining shine bright illuminate our understanding this morning give us the light perspective you are with me Say it. You are with me, Lord. You're with me, Lord. You're with me, Lord. Emmanuel. Who oh, come with us? You're Emmanuel. You're God with us. Oh yeah.
I know this has been going on. I've been praying for you all week. Listen. The enemy's trying to draw our gaze. Hear me. Look at me. I'll prepare a table of a big feast. The Lord didn't remove the enemy out of your situation. He's sitting at the table. Lord, take this away from me. What's the Lord doing? He's saying, Victoria, look at the Lord. Sam, Janie, look at the Lord. Pete, look at me. Enemies all around me, Lord. He's been assaulting me and my family. Lord says, Yes, he's there. Yes, he's there. Yeah, we don't get into denial. Yes, he's trying to draw you away. Oh, look into the eyes of love. <laughs> look in my eyes, says the Lord. Blazing fire. Lightning. Fire. Fire. Look in the eyes of love. greater than your circumstance. I'm preparing a feast for you to feast at the table. Eyes. I want dove eyes. I want dove eyes with no peripheral vision. Look up. Redemption draw nigh. Oh. oh, nothing, nothing is impossible with the Lord. We pitch up our eyes to you, Lord. Oh, I love you, says the Lord, with an everlasting love. Oh, I created you for me. Look at me.
sight of your enemy in his sight right now right now right now right now right now every breakthrough every victory down. He's at the head of the table. He says, it's okay. Like, take a drink of water. You who are thirst and you who have been heavy laden, just take a drink of water at the table of the Lord. Oh, you're good. you're thirsty
just one whose strength is in you and whose heart is the highway to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping, make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessing. Go from strength to strength. Everyone appears before Zion. Drink deeply, drink deeply from the wells of your salvation. Proclaim Isaiah 61 over us as a declaration. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us because the Lord has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They shall be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor.
Stephen was saying that it was <clears throat> you want to tell them <laughs> so at one point during worship I kept um, I kept hearing the cleft and so I kept thinking uh oh God's getting ready to you know come through which I've heard stories about that and usually ends up in people screaming and running outdoors and um, stuff like that but then after it was over, Carol looked at me and he said, he's satisfied. And I, it hit me. That was the cleft, that opening up for the Lord, that, that it's the giving over to him. It becomes the cleft that we hide in. It becomes the, the shelter that we go under. It's what takes us through all this stuff. So throughout the valley, but this week, the next week, the other weeks, go to the cleft find the cleft. You can stay in the cleft and go to work. You can stay in the cleft and talk to your children. You can stay in the cleft. And God keeps going right past us all the time. He keeps going past us and we get to keep seeing him as long as we stay in the cleft. And of course, the more we see him, the more we become like him. Hey Amen. That's good. You, you mentioned that, Stephen. Um, this last year... Uh, the word was given me something called Vanta Black. And I don't know if you know what Vanta Black is, but it's like the darkest <clears throat> color, uh, like in the black field that's been produced, you know, on the face of the planet. And I think they got into some of this Vanta Black in, <clears throat> like I think at Harvard or one of the schools, and sometimes they went around like spraying cars and things with this Vanta Black color. And the word he started speaking to me about the cleft and the cloak <clears throat> and the cleft of Moses, which, uh, Stephen's mentioning is the place of God's likeness when he passed by and at the same time, if, if you can hear this in a space time kind of view, because God sits outside of time, which is just a dimension, uh, Elijah's there with a cloak, Right. And Elijah's dealing with an image issue, and Moses is in a likeness issue. Now, if you can take this, they're both going to be at the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, right? And the Lord started to speak to me. He said, Vanta Black, many of us, and the Lord allows us, even for those, that great, great lawgiver, Moses, and for the prophet, Elijah, he cloaks them in darkness. And Moses will say something I really love. He says, I'm going to go into the darkness where God is. Because in Solomon will say, I believe it's in Second Chronicles, he'll say, God is shrouded in darkness, but he is light. And then we'll find out that even the darkness is light unto God. The pursuit into the Vanta Black. So many have shied away from this and you're part of this ministry. You must see what we're after, the pursuit of God. You might have to go into the Vanta Black. And when we do, when we do, something of our likeness gets transformed. And something of image does as well. Every time, and Stephen's right, this can be at home. In your daily life, or it could be here. 
we're here to do this corporately, but this is what we're doing. Let us be clear because Peter will say this. He's, he says this. He says, being partakers of what? The divine nature. Now, every time you come into the press of the Lord and you pursue, and it takes your initiative to open that door like we began. No one, Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not violate you. And so you have to say, open up. I'm going to open up myself to him. But when you do, you're, you, you can know that in that place, it may be that your perspective is skewed for some time. And you may not know what's going on around you. Why? Because there's a, we were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. And the Lord's wanting to take that away from us. And we see that and view that as darkness. But, 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 but hear this. Don't draw back. Go into the vent of black. Where the cleft of Moses and the cloak of Elijah, where likeness is restored and image is restored, because you were created in God's image and likeness. On the other side of that, we see Jesus brilliant transfigured, right? Matthew 17. The glory of the light. You see Elijah going up in a chariot. You see Moses clouded in a light in Exodus 24. And all this, listen, all this happens at the same time. Right now, you, in time church, there's an invitation that's going out. Come up here. Right? Come up here like John, and I will show you a door in the heavens. And I will show you a throne. Come up into the place of the non-space where you can't understand where the wisdom of God is, what Jeremiah called, Jeremiah 6.16, the ancient path. What Isaiah called the highway of holiness. What Job called a place that no man knoweth. Come up into the very wisdom of God. Come up into him. And no, like Stephen's saying, in the cleft and in the cloak. Why the cloak? Because what did Elijah do? It says he wrapped his mantle right around his face like this. Why? Because he needed the SSV. <laughs> what is that? What is the SSV? I like acronyms. The still, small voice. I got someone from Kansas City. It was, it was Kurt Bennett. He wrote me this week. He said, the thunder and the lightnings and the voices are coming, are coming onto the end time church. But they will not come without the SSV. That's what the Lord said. For the end time remnant, we must be still and know that he is God in the SSV. What are we doing here? We are moving along this trajectory, coming through the darkness to a place. And you could tell in the worship today, we're going in, we're going in, we're going in. And then what, you, what we're starting to see with the Lord is this settling and rest comes on us. The satisfaction of drinking from the well of God comes. And it's in that place where God is. Seated on a throne, right? Amen. Welcome to Vanta Black. <laughs> where the glory of the light of the living God dwells. James 1, right? Oh, 
He is the light, right? In him is no shadow. There's no turning. There's no deviation. There's no lack of humility. There's no lack of meekness. There's no lack. There's no lack. There's, there, there, he is integrous and he is God and whatever he says is true. And we must, we must in this end time, we, we must go there and we must dwell there. This will move from a visitation to a habitation. You will be so transfigured in the end of this age. It'll be mar- we will marvel of the glorious and without spot or wrinkle in the bride. The glory of the bride coming forth. You, us, coming forward in the end of the age. The Lord is making preparation of the bride. Some of us are getting beauty treatments and some of us shock treatments. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. You know, it's the shock treatment for your likeness and it's the beauty treatment for your image. Amen. All right, yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. 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 Let us know your SSV, Lord. Let us know your SSV. Let us know and listen and open our eyes to see you. Seeing us, like Brad says, seeing you. Yeah. And the glory of the yes and amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, today for our offerings, the blessing over this house and finance. We bless you in the name of Jesus and your initiatives of creativity, the arts, the, the aspect of whatever God's called you into. We ask the Lord's great blessing to come down on you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you as you give. Questions. So many questions. And I get so tired of just thinking about it. And when you
Let's all stand together, turn to Luke chapter 4, and we will start in verse uh, 23. If you're new with us today, we, we are going through the gospel of Luke, and uh, we've been in this uh, facility since September the 20th, and uh, weekly, we, we, I just I believe years ago the Lord said, when you, when you go into downtown, uh, I'm going to set up a, um, how do you put it, I'm going to set up a command post like war center and a place of healing uh, uh, for, for healing to reach out over the city. And he gave us a big promise here that if we would just be faithful to him and honor him and bless him and go, uh, go his way, that he would, he would meet us with a great end-time harvest out of this house. And I'm believing that word. And I thank you for standing here today and worshiping and believing the Lord. It's something he has to do. It's, it's not something, you know, necessarily we can do. But his light breaks forth out of us. It begins to change the culture that's around us, and we uh, are partnering with him in that. And he said, you know, I want you to go to the Gospel of Luke when you hit downtown one day, and it's, you know, we're 12 years, and here we are in this ministry's pursuit to follow the Lord. And here we are in Luke's Gospel today, Luke chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus said to them, no doubt you will quote to me this proverb, <clears throat> Physician, heal yourself and say, what have we heard that you did in Capernaum? Well, do it here in your hometown too. And he added, I tell you the truth that no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's day when this sky was shut up for three and a half years and there was great famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them but only to a woman who was a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. Let's pray. Lord, I just come to you again this morning and humbly submit this word to you, recognizing that I'm incapable of prophesying, of understanding without your spirit, that nothing that is said here would dishonor you, be a wrong interpretation, a wrong application or revelation. I ask you, Lord, for the observation of your word, that it would be and bring light to our eyes and refresh our ears. I pray that we would hear and know your voice and see what you see out of this text today. We know that you authorize preaching, Lord, of the gospel. You said, it, how will they know unless a preacher was sent to them or how will they will leave? I pray this morning that you would cause our faith to grow, that we would see your way, and not just your acts, but we would long for your way. And I pray out of this text this morning, we would understand your way 
and that tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday until we meet again, it would impress upon us such a reality that would cause us to renavigate and turn our eyes and our hearts towards you. I pray that this seed that is planted in our heart this morning will not be stolen. I pray that it will not be uprooted. I pray, Lord, this morning that the cares and the riches of this world will not come and snuff it out. I pray that it would activate inside of our life and cause us to grow. And I pray that every person on the sound of my voice will bear much fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Uh, to start out with in the text this morning, Jesus said to them, no doubt you're going to quote this to me. Jesus had come into Nazareth. It was his hometown. Now, last week I discussed with you how, <clears throat> how it, there's nothing like, there's nothing like being looked down upon by other people who are looked down upon <laughs> by everybody else. There's, there's nothing like being shamed by someone who everybody else views with shame. You know what I mean? Nazareth was looked at. Some of you, how many of you have seen The Chosen? And you got to hear like Nathaniel and what he says right to Philip. I mean, can anything good come from there? Can anything good come from that place? No, man. I mean, yeah, we, we don't like understand that because we're... We didn't realize Nathaniel's like the up-and-comer, you know. And we, we only kind of know that because he's in a town, Caesarea Philippi, which was a little bit more advanced probably technologically and the culture that, and the geography that surrounded there. And so Nathaniel, more than likely, if he's saying a statement like that, would have considered himself to be maybe at a different class than the people of, of Nazareth. I mean... Why would he say something like that if they were all like in the same, let's say, class structure, or social structure, or socioeconomic? He was, you know, and they present him in the chosen as a architect slash engineer. He he was, uh, you know, let's just say he was white collar. When he speaks of Nazareth, he's speaking of them. With truth in his mouth, because J Jesus is going to say when he's presented to him, that man doesn't have any guile in his mouth. When he says something, it's true. I don't know how good that would go today in our culture. And, you know. Right, I don't, I don't know that it would go good, you know, uh, uh, Henry and I have joked about, can anything good come from the hood? Yes! I mean, it's, I mean, we, we look at things like that and, and we say, no, you can't say that. Now, Nathaniel's pretty bold to just come right out and say that. And it, so that must have been the modus operandi, the cultural milieu, milieu of the day. That was the idea. That was the ideology. That's bumpkin town. That's where all the, you know, everybody's a redneck to somebody. I don't know if y'all know that, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's the epitome of it, right? And what's interesting, Jesus is going to go there to present the gospel, I mean himself. He's wanting to give them a crown, some oil. He's wanting to clothe them in uh, righteousness. I mean, he's wanting to bless them and hook them up and they're, 
They're sort of like shaming Jesus. I mean, I, I don't understand this. Um, but maybe, maybe you've had some relatives come to your family reunions that maybe you didn't want to be there. I don't know. You know I don't know. And maybe if someone said, you know, that's your relative, isn't it? And you're like, uh, yeah, uh, don't tell anybody. I mean, I don't want to be seen around them, right? <clears throat> he gets in there. He speaks his truth to them. He's given them Isaiah 61. Uh, Pete came up here and said it. You can feel the presence of the Lord on it. It's really interesting, and I, and I want to start out right here today. What are you going to say to me? This is what y'all are going to say. Physician, heal yourself. You know what? We only believe what our eyes can see. Show me the goods. Show me something. We got to see it to believe it. I mean, Jesus is Joseph's son, right? Isn't that the carpenter over there? I mean, he's just one of the he's just one of the tradesmen in the community, right? I mean, we don't I don't think we really understand that how this how this would I think I would be a skeptic. I just want to say, like I think I'd be like I don't know, man. You're the Messiah? Right. You know, you've ever met anybody with a Messiah complex? That especially doesn't go good in... It, it goes good... It, generally speaking, people like that can get along sometimes in upper-class communities, but in lower-class communities or, or like in this class community, can't deal with it, man. You don't deal with that kind of... You're just like, man, I'm, I'm working every day to just make ends meet. I can't hardly, I don't hardly have a pot to pee in. I know that's crude. Don't you start saying to me that that man is the Messiah. I'm just trying to get by every day. And it, 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 if you are... If you are, and you can hear all, I can hear the men, whatever, you know, a bu this is a bunch of nonsense. I ain't listening to that guy. And you know, you know, we got our thing together and we got our little quorum and they're over there sitting there, you know, hanging out together. No, 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 uh-uh, no way. The ladies are like, honey, don't be so hard on them. He's just trying to help people. You know, I don't know, I don't know. Physician, heal yourself. Like, if you're really the deal, do something. Show me. Show me the goods. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Do something for me to show me that it's you. Otherwise, I'm not believing this stuff. Boom. Right? I believe that when Jesus begins, because he's so, I, I, he's so like offensive in this way, because first of all, take note, Jesus comes in a way that we would not expect him to come. 
you've got to hear me out on this because if your sensibilities, no matter what socioeconomic dimension you come from, if your sensibilities are based in what you see, you will not be able to receive this God man. He's going to come to you in a way and through, usually through a person or a situation or some other thing. And if, if you're, if you're thinking from a class conscious perspective or socioeconomic or pretentious or a lack of pretentious or, or let's say I got my act together or I don't have my act together, you're thinking that your measurement is by the skin on your bones. And what you can bring to the table or what you don't bring to the table, you'll miss him. I I wasn't made a preacher by the Lord because I was somehow like a good person. Actually, I think I was so pretentious that the Lord had to show me how much he's not like. (laughs) I mean, so that I could actually ever view him. I, I'm so focused on the external that I can never get into the eternal. But brokenness after brokenness after brokenness after brokenness of realizing that God is not in wood and hay and stubble and stone structures or masculinity or feminine in the sense of the strength of man or the wisdom of man or the things that man could bring to the table, that he was not in any of that. And and then when you, you finally get divested of your own strength, divested of your own wisdom, divested of your own ideology, your own socioeconomic, and you're sort of left vacant, you're like, <clears throat> I feel sort of like left high and dry. And, and uh, would you please give me a sign? Would you, would you please show me that you're real? You know, we're going to hear in the gospel, I mean, I believe it's maybe in the epistle, but... An adult, or Jesus, no, it's God, Jesus is going to say an adulterous generation seeks after a sign. The Lord so tenderly comes to us in a way, and he says, trust me. And you're like, but I don't have anything to go off of. Well, will you step out because of love has compelled you? See, the Lord set up the, set this situation up with you where he put so many obstacles in your path that it was only the hunger of your heart to seek him that would draw you to him. And hear this, he's the one that puts the hunger in you. Oh, man. Oh, man, get some gospel preaching this morning. I can do nothing of myself. I even need God to draw God through me to God. I can't do anything. Okay, this is the groundwork that the Lord wants to lay into Nazareth. He wants to lay it into all our souls. I can do nothing of myself. I can't propel myself. I can't make myself. I can't draw myself to the Lord. I I can't do anything of my own self. I need you to draw you through me. You would think Nazareth has got this, but they don't. Show us a sign. And often our journey in life, here we are. Lord, I'll know that you're speaking to me, and I'll know you've come to me if you just physician, heal yourself, 
It's really interesting to me that they put the demand or the imperative back on the Lord in their minds. Now, he's quoting this, but they're putting an imperative on him in themselves. How arrogant. Oh, yeah, king. I mean, they don't. Oh, yeah, he's the carpenter from Nazareth. He is the king. He's not just a king. He's the king, and he's the one who created all of them. And the imperative is in us. Heal yourself. Do you understand how arrogant that is? And yet we've all done it. I'm not following you unless you do something, you know. Right? Oh, you know, it's like, forgive me, Lord. I don't know. I just like, forgive me, Lord, right now. Help me not to be a spoiled, rotten brat, you know. Help me not to put an imperative on you, Lord. Like you owe me something. You see this sort of expectation culturally of entitlement. I'm entitled to something. It, it was, it's weird. The entitlement was keeping them from him. And he was trying to give them everything. Their sense of entitlement was keeping them from him. And he was trying to give them the greatest title of, and crown them with glory. We approach him like a little child. We approach him with honor. We approach him with thanksgiving. We approach him with blessing. We approach him with, I don't know. We approach him with, Lord, I need you. Um, it's also interesting here that it says he had come to Capernaum. And I believe if my geography is right, Capernaum laid low. I, I believe it was a lower valley that they're speaking of. We had heard about it in the lower place. Maybe a place geographically that was lower than maybe the sea level that they were in. We, we heard about you in the lower place. It's so crazy how elevated the human soul is and the way that even in the brokenness of our life we can present ourselves with so much pride. Even Nazareth has so much pride in their heart. But we heard about you down there in that place in the lower place. Maybe... And now we're hearing about you here. He says, I tell you the truth. And I think this really breaks the heart of the Lord. No prophet. I can't even be accepted in my own hometown. I'll tell you why. And you got to be careful about this, folks. And you see this in your families as well. Don't get a familial spirit with God. It's really dangerous with your, with your families too. I mean, to just get familiar with the God had created this person in front of you every day and they're walking around, they're creating his likeness and image and you don't look to see that something new is happening in their life or to ask them about themselves or to see them to really have joy when you're around someone else. To like take time out and be there, to be present when someone's in your space. I'm not, I'm not accepted in my hometown. Their, their eyes are blind to me. They have got a familiar spirit. Familial. I got used to you. I know, I know you shouldn't do this, but we, we were out in Kansas City, and there were like 25,000 people there, and we have like our four oldest kids, and the Lord said, I want you to just let them go. And I was like, oh, no, Lord, there's like 25,000 people here. And I was like, I'm not letting them go. He said, I want you to let them go. 
And so I just let them go. Like, I'm like, y'all come back if... And I mean, I don't do things like that. I'm super protective. Or it's like, let them go. And one of them ends up in another building and another building across the street. I'm like, oh, no. He said, I, they need to fill vacancy. They're taking you for granted. My kids, they're taking you for granted. They know you'll always be there for them and look after them and everything. They need to feel that feeling. And I said, no, I don't want them to feel that feeling. He said, you need to let them go. Now, I know that you parents know what I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying go let your kids go in a 25,000-person auditorium in the middle of Kansas City. But he just told me to do it, and I said, okay, I'll do it. The kids, they come back with uh, this different sense about them with me and Mama. They got familiar with us. They don't know that we're taking care of them all the time and looking after them and spurning their, our care. They got to feel what it feels like. We, I don't know if you know this, but God allows this in your life where at times you feel left high and dry. Maybe alone. Maybe it's our approach. I, now, now, I don't know, I don't know, but I've been experiencing this, and I was like, you know, and, and Wendy said this years ago, and I, I, I really appreciate her said this, uh, do you want to get to know God by your situation or your revelation? Uh, I'm one of those guys that's like beat my head against the wall with God. It's been a lot of situations. <laughs> But why not just get to know him by relating to him? Why keep running off and doing your own thing and making things happen? You know, and spurning him in his own hometown. Uh, why not just receive him right here, right now? Why not receive him in your homes while you're there in your home? You know you can worship the Lord in your home. Did you know you can worship him in a closet? Also in a cave? Get this, a cathedral or a castle. Did you know you can worship him anywhere? Did you know that he's ever present in your time of need? He's in your home. It just takes some attention. So many people are missing him in their home because, you know, we've become familiar in our home places with ourselves. I remember this awareness coming to me a few years ago. I'm not safe in my own home. You know, safe to just act like whatever way I want to. <laughs> this is my house. You know how that, I don't know if you, any of y'all were raised like that by your dads. You know, that's my house, you know. My house. You cross my threshold, my house. The Lord's like, eh, you know, hey, little feller. It's my house, right? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Don't spurn the Lord in your hometown. Just because you're at home and no one can see you. Or just because the kids have got used to you. Or just because you got used to your parents or your grandparents or wherever you're living. Or if you're living alone, he's there. He's there. Don't spurn the Lord in your home.
this is really important. And I don't know if you like think about this, but I just kind of scratch my head or my hat. I scratch my hat and say, what are you talking about when you said, I tell you the truth, there's many widows in Israel in Elijah's day. Why, why is the Lord going on to widows now? I mean, why is he getting into, I tell you the truth, I'll tell you the truth, I'll tell you something here. Now, there was a time in history, speaking back, there was a time in history where widows, now you have to know this, like your biblical history, but if you're a widow and you don't have a son or you don't have a family to take care of you, you're more than likely going to die. There's no provision for you. You're, you're dead. You're, you're, you'll dry up there in your house. You, you can't be taken care of. Now hear, hear me out because the Lord said, I'm telling you the truth. That there are many widows. There are many widows in Israel's day. And, and the sky was shut up for three and a half years. There's no provision coming down out of the heavens of rain to bring forth an agricultural harvest. And the lowest common denominator, okay, the LCD. Y'all did that, some of you math people. The lowest common denominator is the widow. I mean, the men and the women in their homes may be panicking even if they could go farm every day and take care of the crops because this is a more of an agrarian society, right? We don't have any way to provide for ourselves when the rain stops. This is serious, man. This isn't just like some kind of little thing when the rain stopped and they can't get food. You imagine leaving this. I know some of you, it's 1227. I'm going to wrap up. You may be hungry, but imagine, imagine that you... Imagine that you're hungry right now, and some of you are, but you probably retained some of your breakfast in your stomach if you had it, or your coffee if you had that, or tea or something. But imagine leaving this place right now not knowing how you're going to eat. I just, just think about it if you could, and imagine that there's no provision in, in the land like that, but imagine even more that you're a widow. Imagine that and you're a widow that has no family. And imagine that this has not just been going on today, but it's been going on for three and a half years. I imagine that a lot of people probably wouldn't be showing up to God's house, maybe. Maybe they would. I don't know, because we'd be sort of offended with him. I mean... Don't you see we're all starving to death and we're not going to be able to make it? How are we going to make it? And the lowest common denominator, the widow, is there. And Elijah is sent to none of them. But to one widow of Zarephath. What Jesus is saying. Do you hear what he's saying? 
He's saying, Nazareth, you have no idea how much in your presence right now is me who is here to deliver you from all your sicknesses and all your diseases and to save you from your sins. Your problem is worse than three and a half years of not being able to eat. And I am here, Lord, to demonstrate my life to you, but I will not demonstrate it by giving you a son. I will not demonstrate it because of your expectation and your pride towards me. I want to demonstrate something of my great love to you because you truly are in the greatest travesty of your entire born life. You need me. And you need me more than the very food that you place in your mouth. I am... I am the bread of life. Oh, man. I'm the bread that comes down from the heavens. I am your ever-living substance. I am your sustenance. I am the very person of God. I am right here. I have the oil. I have the crowns. I have the garments to put on you. I am God, man. I am anointed to save you. I give grace to the humble, but I reject the proud. Stop with your social class distinction. Stop with that nonsense. Stop seeking a sign out of me. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? Ah! <laughs> ah! good and we need him we need him we need him we need him just come to him like a little child stand stand with me hey just come to him right now stand up like like this like this you see like this I need you, Lord. Yeah, I need you. I, I throw off all my expectation. I just want you. Oh, he's so good. He wants to deliver on his goods to you. But listen, Jennifer Scroggs, the Lord loves you. I mean, he delights in you. I was in the nursery with you around there. You know, he loves you so much. I'm telling you, I know this from the Lord. And he sees you like so clearly. I say this from the word that he loves you so much. You know what it is to feel like what I'm talking about. I know. I know you know. If you're thirsty, come.
God made us this way that we would be drawn to him. Not by the presentation of the natural senses of sight or even the natural hearing or the natural smelling. But he made you and me when he created us. That only we could be satisfied in his spirit. He made us he made us for him for himself. He made you for him. He didn't make you for this world. Everybody in this room, as far as I know, is converted. And if you're not, if you're not, turn your heart toward him. Say, I need you, Lord, and I repent like I need you. I want you. I want you. I want you more than my life or my food. I need your bread because I can't be satisfied. Some of you have been saying, my life is boring. I'm bored. You know why you're bored? Because you were made for God. And nothing ever is going to satisfy you but him himself. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. I want to give you the oil. I give you the oil. I want to give you the crown. I'll crown you. Well, I want to robe you in righteousness and holiness. I throw off everything else, Lord. Want anybody else but you, Lord? No one else is going to rescue me. No one else is going to free me. My husband can't do it. My wife can't do it. My children can't do this for me. But I need you. I need you. I can't do it for myself. What about my past, Lord? If you need to make things right with the Lord, make things right with the Lord. And then push delete and jump into the arms of your father. <laughs> and, let, and, and then just fall back into his arms of grace and then be reveled in the love of God. Let him, let him, let him, just let him because he will if you'll let him. Just let him take you. I want you, Lord. I need you, Lord. And I'm thirsty. And I'm hungry for your meal. I want to sit at your table, Lord. I want to be with you, Lord. out this morning some of you are being challenged by the Lord to step out and believe him regardless of what your five senses tell you your five senses are telling you one thing but the spirit of the living God is giving you a completely different narrative story and the Lord says believe me believe that I love you believe the story that comes from the heavens believe that story over everything that everything in your life is trying to tell you trust God's storyline over your life and I pray right now that he would awaken, awaken you to this love and awaken you to a deeper realm of his love. And I pray and I believe with you the signs and wonders will follow you. They'll follow you. But you won't even look at them because you'll just keep looking, 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 looking at the God man. 
the creator of the universe, the Holy One of Israel, the light, the morning star. We look up at you, Lord. He speaks the truth. Whatever promise he's put in you will be accomplished. He placed greatness in you and he placed himself inside of you. And he, he, out of rest and out of his life, wants to come out and break out in you. All over this house. I've been stuck, Carol. Like I got this word from God, a promise from the Lord. I'm kind of getting into a sticking point. I feel like I keep bouncing up against this wall. I want to challenge you this morning. Move out on what God says to you, irregardless. Irregardless of what you see. We are loved. It's all done out of love. Everything's about love. For God is love. Yeah, you're making the movements of faith. Oh, you're trusting Him. You're trusting Him. You're saying, I... You know, James, faith without works is dead. You know you must proceed in faith. But you know that you need grace to walk in faith. Grace is being delivered to you right now. Some of you in this room have been in prophetic ministry, some administration, some in the ministry of health. I pray in the name of Jesus, the release and the empowerment of the gifts would follow your love and relationship with the Father. You will bear much fruit. And you bear fruit right now, says the Lord. You're bearing fruit every day. But I can't see it. Don't look to measure it from a quantitative perspective, but know the quality of God's life in you as it burns. He burns hot inside of you. There, there, there's the life. That's the life. I want to burn. Burn hot in me. Stephen's singing and playing we're going to take communion together everybody and when you go back to your seat just hold your communion we'll take it together as a family come forward for communion Drop 
your burdens here and take mine it's light if your mouth is dry you can of trying to give some counsel or encouragement to a friend um, and she wanted a direction about a specific decision in her life um, and I didn't really have anything for her and then um, a man came along who uh, we know of and I believe he represents like godly counsel um, and I won't name him since I don't want to he doesn't endorse this message um, but um, he said to her, he just kind of prayed for a minute and was trying to sense. And, um, and then he said to her, I don't have anything. I don't have a word, a, a number, a, nothing about your question. And I think it's because you're asking the wrong question. And then he said, um, God doesn't want to show you anything until you're looking directly at him. Um, 
And then as we were worshiping a little while ago, uh, I feel like God gave me the right question to ask. Um, and I just felt it in my spirit, like, just take a hold of this question. Um, and I want us all to take a hold of this question today, which is, what is in your eyes? And it's, what is God communicating to us through his eye contact with us? He's giving it to you. His eyes are upon you. Um, and so it's just turning in that gaze to him and seeing what, what words he's speaking to you through his eye contact. off of um, what Juliana and Austin brought forward this morning, Psalms chapter uh, 13. There was a question in the Psalm, Miss David, when he says, how long, Lord, will you continue to ignore me? I think it goes along with what she's saying. He's asking a question, right? And how long will you pay no attention to me? How long must I worry and suffer in the broad daylight? How long? Because some of us, it's not the what, it's not the who, it's not, some of us, it's not even the when. But a lot of people deal sometimes with this how. And he presents three hows in his questioning. He says, how long will my enemy gloat over me? How? I mean, how are you going to do this, Lord? Like, I began to believe you and I could see, but I got to, how? Um, listen to David. And what Juliana is sharing with us, this is what he says. The Lord, he says to the Lord, look at me. He says, answer me, my God, please answer me. He says, revive me or else I will die. One translation says, I will sleep the sleep of death. Um, it means I get weary, you know. Some of us deal with weariness because we wait a long time for the Lord and we wait Him to awaken and like listen to us and hear us. David saying, look at me. Now, what that means is what Juliana is saying. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. All right. If you don't look at me, my enemy is going to win. He says, I, I've, I've defeated him or her. My foes are going to rejoice over me because I've been upended. All right. 
right, listen to what he says. Listen to this. But, but I trust in your faithfulness. Do you know when you trust someone, you can look them in the eyes? You ever like can't look someone in the eyes? Generally speaking, it's because you don't trust them. You'll deviate down, you'll look away. You can't look them in the eyes. I don't know if you've ever done that in your life. I've, my wife has told me, she said, I, I have a hard time looking at so-and-so in the eyes because I don't know that I can trust them. And you look someone in the eyes, you're saying, I'm, I'm going to place all my trust in you. And what you're saying is, I trust in your faithfulness. Oh, and I love this. May I rejoice. Because of your deliverance. We're saying something to the Lord ahead of time right here. A lot of times, I trust your faithfulness. Please give me the opportunity to throw a party. I want to throw a big party of rejoicing. I've waited a long time on you, Lord. And I want to have a big time. And I want my life to sing praises to you, Lord. Because I know you're going to vindicate me. I trust your faithfulness this morning, Lord. I trust your faithfulness, Lord. I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've had to sign up for this. Eyes on him. Faithful, faithful, faithful father. Faithful father. Faithful. Faithful are you, Lord. Faithful and holy. Faithful are you, Lord. Holy and true. Holy and true. Not dipping down into myself or someone else anymore. All eyes on you. Eyes on you. Eyes on you. Eyes on you. And he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the blood came because the blood would speak a better word than Abel. Even though his sacrifice was so amazing, his own life. This blood speaks a better word. This blood is a blood and a cup of rejoicing. This is the blood of the Lord. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Let us do this in remembrance of the Lord. I give you glory, Lord. I honor you. And I thank you. I thank you for your body. And I thank you for your blood. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. And may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.